and I haven't been around for you lately. And then you can be like, we should do this. Yeah. We should start thinking up storyboards for content for next week, I think. Do you know what? That's such a good intro, Emma, that I've already started recording. Oh, (laughs) brilliant. Welcome, everyone, to Fitness Unfiltered, episode six. Do you really need to survive, in quotation marks, the festive period? Um, This is a topic that has been making the rounds significantly on social media recently, and it's something that we thought we would discuss in a bit more depth. Um, I feel like there's been a bit of a swing backwards and forwards in the industry over the last few years between people giving people tips on how to survive Christmas, how to kind of keep healthy and and lean over Christmas, how not to derail your diet over Christmas. And then now there seems to be this kind of backlash and a swing in the other direction of why should you need to, um, to be lean over Christmas? Why should Christmas have anything to do with your diet? You should eat whatever you want, be happy, be, uh, free. Um, so we thought we would discuss, uh, that in like pros and cons, but before we do, how is everyone tonight? I'm pretty good. I'm less infected. That's a pro. That's excellent. I'm a bit more infected than I was last time, but yeah, you know, life. How's the finger? Normal size? We're a normal size finger now. Yeah. We're not freakishly large finger. So that's kind of cool. No more fever. Um, no more hallucinations. I didn't actually hallucinate. It did stop me from sleeping though, which was quite bad. Um, and over the antibiotics. So yeah, <clears throat> on a whole, less infected, kind of much better. Oh, this is great. This is great. How are you? I'm very well. I can't complain. Excellent. Life is really good. Yeah. Excellent. Right. So let's get cracking. Let's talk about dieting over Christmas. Um, I was going to kick off because I kind of feel like I've been down every end of the spectrum on this one. Um, and I think, you know, I don't I don't like to start with my conclusion, but my conclusion is kind of it's a really individual thing. Um, and I feel that you kind of have to do, you know, what what you want to do. Um, or what you feel is right for you at that particular time. And I think the thing is, is that everybody approaches this with the background of their own experiences and experiences that they might have had with specific clients or other friends or relatives, etc. And the fact is, every situation is totally individual. Um, I've had times where I have, I felt like I've been making really good progress for several months, um, if not even longer than that. So I really don't want to kind of risk messing it all up over Christmas just because it's Christmas. Like, you know, we have a whole life to live. We can eat whatever food we want to eat at any time. Um, Why do we need to overeat just because it happens to be the 25th of December? It happens to be our birthday. Like, There's always something that that we can use as an excuse to to overeat. And the question to me was why, why does the enjoyment of Christmas have to be associated with food? But then there's been times where I've thought, well, actually, there's no reason for me to track at the moment. Everything's cool. Um, and I think sometimes when we move on in our journey, we can forget where we've been. So I thought, let's start off with talking about the, uh, the pros, I suppose. What, what, why should people think about what they're eating over Christmas? Well, as you said, it's, it's very individual, isn't it? It's a matter of context. It sounds like the fitness cop out these days, but if you've got someone who's lost a substantial amount of weight, it's actually, you know, they've got some really good control in terms of what they're, they're now 
they're now having um, in terms of nourishing their body. They better track things. They know it can be an emotive time of year. There may be some sort of significance around that time of year where they feel a little bit less in control. So actually by instilling some control factors, it can actually make a more enjoyable. And also it's, we're not tied into one belief system, one dietary system. It can be, we just utilize tools around that process. So survival sounds very extreme but actually navigating the festive season is kind of sensible decision for some people oh yeah i agree navigating is a good way to say it i like that um and i think i I mean a common thing with the fitness industry is this kind of the the two extremes and then there's this false dichotomy that you need to do one of the or the other so you either eat whatever you want over christmas and just get as much as you can and it's like a free-for-all or you track everything and you're accountable for everything and you stay completely on your diet. But there's this huge middle ground, which is really where we should be, where, do you know what, maybe you do have a few meals where you're not as conscious of calories. But let's be honest, like, I don't think any of us, I don't know, Mike, if you do at the moment, but like use MyFitnessPal daily. Yet we know roughly probably what we eat, even if we're not wanting to track. Like I know roughly what a meal looks like, roughly how many calories are in it. roughly what I'm eating for the day so we don't need to actually write things down and track them in order to know that we're at about maintenance level or maybe we've eaten a little bit more Uh, and I guess the other point is that you know Christmas the festive period tends to go on a little bit too long and that's why people end up putting on a lot of weight so they start from like now and then they overeat for the whole of December and then they end up feeling pretty crap to start the year in January I think that that that's that's what that's a really interesting point and a really good point to make is that there's a difference between, um, you know, tracking up to Christmas Day and then having having a Christmas meal with your family and being completely mindless about it. And I kind of go back to to some advice that I had um, from my good friend, Emil, who you both know and who probably a lot of our listeners know as Project Goliath um, on the socials, um, who has been in charge of my nutrition a lot over the years including currently and he um was his advice was kind of like well you know fine have a have a meal but the meal doesn't have to be the whole day you don't have to wake up in the morning and start attacking the Lindor and then sit and destroy a whole box of quality street after you've had this really amazing meal like Christmas is about enjoying your time with your family and your friends and enjoying your Christmas meal but you don't have to cane it just for the sake of it because it's Christmas. And I think I think that's what a lot of people don't realise, <clears throat> excuse me, is that for people who have got, um, you know, problems with obesity and problems with um, with their nutrition historically, it's because they've got they've got a lot of these kind of these food habits that aren't necessarily the healthiest. So for kind of a fitness professional to say, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't don't track on Christmas Day or don't track Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people, if they if they go mindless on Christmas Day, that's a lot of calories and it's a lot of unnecessary calories. And it's not, you know, I would never want to take away the enjoyment of a social experience and, you know, being with your family and being relaxed and being happy. Um, but you don't have to eat a box of Quality Street to be relaxed and happy. If someone's made a, you know, homemade mince pies, don't say no thanks to a homemade mince pie because you're tracking 
but you don't need to eat a box of Quality Street. And there's a, there's a huge difference between a box of Quality Street and a, a few homemade mince pies. Um, even in, in mindset, not if not in nutrition, you know, you might even be consuming the same amount of calories, but it's almost, it's for a reason, it's for something special. Whereas the problem I think with Christmas is that we've made it into something not that special because, you know, there's tins and tins and tins of celebrations. They're not tins anymore even. They're in plastic boxes. It's not special. So it is not special. It is not special. And that's the thing, isn't it? People, we tend to hoard as well with like the months leading up to it. They're selling boxes of, you know, two tubs of big quality street for seven pounds from pretty much October. I mean, no one who rightfully buys those actually intends on keeping those up until Christmas day as well. They're gone by Christmas day. They bought another two to, to six in that time. And I think that's why we use the term probably navigate. And I think we're all on the same page as well is when we use the phrase navigate around the Christmas period, we're pretty much, I'd like to stress, I'm not saying by any means anyone should need to track on Christmas Day. If you've navigated around that period, hopefully, and as you said, Emma, as well, juggling things and being mindful of, you, you know, the calorie consumption uh, that you need to kind of support your goals is, that that's perfectly fine to do. And as you said, Mike, the, the social aspects of that far outweigh of anything sort of goal-wise as well. And that's on the assumption that everyone actually wants to maintain you know, and as you said, it's, it's very much context specific. And we in the fitness industry tend to make assumptions based on what everyone's goal should be, you know, and you hear other sides of the story in that, you know, if you do track around that period and you do feel you need to navigate around that period, that actually you've got problems with your relationship with food. And, you know, as with everything, we like to take to the extremes, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's always like these extremes that yes for some people that's you know like a disordered eating behavior and actually quite interestingly I think it was last year or the year before Pure Gem put out a post that got shredded on social media and it honestly wasn't bad at all it was no pun intended well whatever um all it was was a a standard Christmas meal and they said how many calories were in it and that was it and it was like I don't know, it was probably the Daily Mail or something, but like put it on, you know, pure gym, fat shaming or kind of like you have to burn off these Christmas calories and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't like it wasn't saying that at all. It was literally just putting out some information and they sort of claimed all these things like this is how people have eating disorders. This is this and this. And you could like I'm like putting the calories on the front of something or saying, you know, like this is actually how much like people tend to eat on Christmas Day. You know, that's not, I don't think, a bad thing. It's just an awareness thing. And if you want to eat that much on Christmas Day, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. And I think the whole sort of navigating around the festive period is, again, this point that it's a period. But if you use, like, I don't know, if you choose your occasions, like, say, you're like, okay, I'm going to have a meal out with my school friends, I'm going to have a works night out, and it's going to be Christmas Day and Boxing Day, all of those days I'm going to have quite big meals. That's only like four or five meals or, you know, big maybe drinking occasions, whatever it is in the whole month. Like that's that isn't going to hugely affect your fat loss. But what will is if in between those times you're also over consuming calories, you're not sticking to your diet, you're not exercising. Um, We sort of talk about that black hole between Christmas and New Year, which is actually almost a week long, Mm. that people just tend to do nothing and just sit and eat and not move a lot. That is what is going to mean that you start the New Year potentially a few kilograms heavier. And 
in some ways that's okay because if you're knowledgeable about nutrition you know like if I was in that position I'd be like okay well kind of overdid it regret that a little bit but I know exactly how to make that right like I'll get back on track I'll start exercising again and you know six weeks later I'm sure like I'll be back in a in a good position but if you don't have that knowledge or you don't have that sort of accountability to yourself or you're worried that you won't be able to get back on track if you feel like you've undone a lot of hard work yeah, then if you're fairly on it if, if you're fairly early on in your journey and you put on a bunch of weight back over Christmas and you weigh yourself on the 1st of January and you kind of have that realization that you've you've gone back many steps that can be hugely demotivating for your for yeah. your progress and I think I think that's just kind of what needs to be recognized a little bit is 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 that kind of individuality of it and you know I I don't think I don't think anyone like I said and like we've all said many many times I don't think anyone should feel any sort of pressure to to do anything but if we you know we're always talking about this idea of developing disordered eating through dieting and and, and worrying about that and we will be doing more podcasting about this in the future the very near future in fact but you know in a lot of ways sometimes when you've when you've become a beast that is through the developing of disordered eating um and it's it's kind of like it's already a bit disordered and you're trying to fix it and sometimes one manner of disordered eating is slightly better than another um i often i mean and look i'm not speaking as as a doctor on this i'm sort of speaking from my personal experience but i've i've often kind of considered i still use my fitness pal i'm still tracking at the moment and uh, i have often thought in the past am i getting too focused on on calories and too focused on on thinking about tracking all this stuff um and am i developing an unusual relationship with food or um or a problematic relationship with food is this a problem and then I kind of think to myself well I've had a problematic relationship with food I've been the you know I've been in restaurants where I have felt that I have to have the dessert I have to have three courses I have to have the best thing on the menu I have to eat as much as possible you know that is a problem and that is a problem that's making me physically unhealthy um as well as perhaps having issues with my relationship with food um so kind of in some ways my response to it was well at at least I'm improving my physical health and I will work on my relationship with food as well and in conjunction with that but you kind of in a lot of ways you have to pick your battles sometimes and I think sometimes you know you you want to progress physically as well and it's difficult to find that balance because you don't want to be I'm a big psychoanalyzer and I don't want to be giving myself psychological issues but also I don't want to be giving myself heart disease either. So it's it's a fine line to tread. Yeah, as, as, it's like risk and return, isn't it? As you said, it's, you know, I guess the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is what's banded around as intuitive eating these days. But the problem is if you have got a history, you know, like I'm quite open and honest about mine. I was a very overweight teenager. Um, intuition can kind of get, lead you into a bad state in the first place. So in this pro, weighing up the pros and cons in this scenario, if a little bit attracts a little bit at the most special times at the most sociable times by all means that you know you know do it i think the the main thing here is to recognize its importance as a tool in that it's not the ball and end all it is just a tool that you should be able to pick up and you know over time we should like we should be able to move away from it but it's very much that um speedometer analogy isn't it it's that 
you know, as you become more experienced, you should roughly be able to gauge the, the speed of your car. But if you constantly find yourself creeping up and getting speeding tickets, there may be time it's time to rein things back in and, you know, pay attention yeah. to that speedometer. And I feel that's very much the same with things like my fitness power. It's that you should have a greater understanding of caloric needs and the de- energy density of foods. But then if perhaps the pendulum swaying in a direction you don't like, then that's then time to start retracking things you know reining yourself back in but that's an educative process that does take time and i think again that's another thing to uh, to kind of think about is that we want everything now we're in a gratification we want results now we don't always invest the time needed to make long sustainable change yeah exactly and uh, yeah i think we part of the issue is that we do a lot of that sort of stuff around Christmas we spend too much money we do you know we go out too much we eat too much we drink too much um and I think it's like it's this idea that just because it's it's Christmas it's excess and I remember um Adam Broad Brown my um one-time coach uh saying stuff like you know well if you didn't have enough money in your bank account you wouldn't spend it spend it nobody thinks anything about checking their bank account before they spend money but they do think about that sorry that was really poorly phrased Nobody thinks twice about checking their bank account before they spend a load of money. But um, but they think it's weird to, you know, to check how many calories they've eaten before they eat more food. You know, it's, it's kind of... Yeah. It's what's normal to people and what isn't normal to people. And everybody's got their different threshold. But speaking of intuitive eating, um, that is the end goal, isn't it? And I, I think that, that that's hopefully. what... Hopefully. And I think I've, I've had a real issue with intuitive eating because I, I worry about... Um, intuitively eating badly as i have done before um so i'm going on a bit of a an intuitive eating experiment actually which is um a, a little obviously it's a very exciting announcement that i can't really speak about now i can i just really like saying that um but i was having a chat to tell um, anyone i'm gonna tell everyone i'm telling everyone I'm telling you now um alan flanagan the nutritional advocate uh, a good friend of mine who knows a ridiculous amount about food and food science um and I agree with an awful lot of the stuff that he says. He's very clever. But something that I'm not quite sure I agree with yet is his um, is a post he put up about um, about kind of food at Christmas and eating what you want and stuff, um, which I'll let people go to his Instagram and have a, have a look at. But we got chatting after after that post and before it, in fact, because it was partly, I think, inspired by something that we'd discussed a few weeks back about intuitive eating and the problems with intuitive eating if you've had food food issues in the past. So uh, we're going to do a bit of an intuitive eating experiment and see what happens, which I'm a little bit nervous about. Yeah, I find the whole like coaching someone to intuitively eat quite interesting. And I know you can like track certain days or just track certain events or maybe stop tracking so much and just look at total calorie needs or what. But there always tends to be a sort of replacement of um a rule or something so it's like okay well we don't need to track anymore but actually we're gonna use like fist portion sizes or you're not gonna snack anymore or you're only gonna prepare your own meals like some other kind of way that is in some way sort of managing those calories so that you're very unlikely to overeat uh and i think the whole tracking versus non-tracking thing as well like if i'm in a position where i'm away or traveling like tracking is so much easier or or kind of more beneficial I think because you're not making your own food you don't know quite where it's come from if you're eating out like all these things sort of add up a bit more yeah 
if you're in a bit of a routine at home and you're like making fresh food and everything from scratch, you, you more easily can stick to your calorie target. But yeah, I do see that a lot of a lot of people like, oh, I intuitively eat now, and I'm like, well. Or are you? Have you just really gone low carb, or are you actually <laughs> yeah. intermittent fasting now, and that's kind of how you? Well, I'm your- gonna I'm gonna let you know because because the, the part of it is that I I think it's important if you if as kind of as a scientist quote unquote um, I think it's important to kind of embrace stuff that you're not really sure about and just give it a crack and see what happens. And, oh yeah, very interested and, to see. How yeah, you get on. and because I, I I know I feel like I'll be objective about it. Um, and I feel like I'll be able to kind of have a, you know, look at it and, and, and maybe, maybe I might actually learn something really useful from it. So it's either, I think going to be, going to be really beneficial or it's not going to be, I mean, it's certainly, I don't think can end up any worse than me just not oh, tracking you're learning over the Christmas way, period, which is, say again. Uh, you'll learn something either way, exactly, surely. Exactly. Um, and that's the point. As Emma said, I find it fascinating, the whole psychological elements like the the weighing up the physiological stuff with the the rational thought as well so you know with those that have lost a substantial amount of weight it's not just the psychological drivers that you know perhaps skew things but you've got those physiological ones like hunger levels um feeling satiated so you have actually got those physiological drivers pulling back the other way so i'm really interested to find out a little bit more about you, you know, the, the rational thought behind self-talk and the, the the whole mindfulness aspects of things as well, because those that have spent a large proportion of their lifetime overweight, you know, that is, they're dealing with so much more than just calories in versus calories out. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this, again, intuitive eating and mindfulness gets like thrown around as like buzzwords as if it's so easy, like, just be mindful when you eat oh okay like as if it's just gonna click and it's that easy like oh I didn't ever think about actually thinking about what I eat but some sort of practices can really help like even just sitting down and enjoying a meal you know I always um I guess kind of well not demonized but I always sort of ask people to avoid snacking unless they sit down and have the snack and then it's really kind of just another meal but I guess you're sort of splitting hairs there but it's the mindless eating that I don't like about snacking. So you're just like sitting at your desk and you're only eating because you're bored. Or because you've if got you're, calories. If you're doing something else. Or, yeah. like there's no... Oh no. Oh, Did Dan fall down the toilet in. again? I fell down the toilet again. I do apologize. <laughs> oh, it just keeps happening. I must stop recording in the bathroom. You really must. Well, that's good acoustics. I have to say we've had some good feedback on the sound quality, but anyway, sorry, I'm interrupting further oh i don't really know what i was saying now but i think as well with um people who have previously been overweight or actually just a lot of people because we don't actually eat for hunger anymore a lot of the time it's for social reasons or it's because we're bored or because it's lunchtime yeah or just something looks nice no that's true we're um we're very privileged in western society in that we don't actually truly know what hunger is you know a little rumble and we just run to the cupboard and you know, have a little snack of yeah. something. Whereas some parts of the globe, it's we're talking like days without food. We have no idea what true hunger is. Yeah, which is why I like, you know, people just to try like even just one day or, you know, maybe not a whole 24 hours, but like a 12-hour a fast or something just to prove to yourself that actually you can go past lunchtime without starving and you'll be fine. It, and it kind of just like relearns that, oh, being a little bit hungry isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. That is... Did anyone see the post by Alan Aragon? It was something about 
you know, embracing hunger a little bit. Like being a little bit hungry is a good thing on a diet. And you can sort of, I think he was, there's not like a huge amount of science behind it, but it's it's a reassuring your mindset to be like, Oh, actually, if I'm a bit hungry, that probably means I'm in a bit of a deficit probably means I'm using body fat for fuel. This is a good thing. That's okay. And obviously extreme hunger, like, you know, someone had commented on that being like, this isn't helpful for people with eating disorders. But again, like, yeah, okay. On that extreme, absolutely no, you shouldn't be trying to ignore your hunger signals. But in ter- if you know if you're obese and you want to lose some weight and you're a little bit hungry, try and turn that around and embrace it as a good thing. Like yeah. actually, you know, this is probably means that what I'm doing is working. And I think that that brings us round to probably what I believe is our ultimate conclusion of, of this podcast is that you have to frame things individually. It has to be individual to the person. It has to be right for them. So you know when when we're talking about most of this stuff, we're not really talking about people with eating disorders we're talking about people who are who are kind of you know trying to lose weight or or needing to lose weight or needing to be or or live healthier lifestyles shall we say rather than lose weight I I don't want to kind of speak specifically about weight but um essentially you know everyone is on a different journey and everyone is on a different part of that journey and I think we all it's so cliche to say I hate saying that that's awful isn't it we are all on a journey but it's true and people need different things at different times and if you suddenly find yourself really motivated to be kind of on track it doesn't mean you have to throw everything out the window just because it's Christmas or just because it's your birthday or whatever Um, and equally if you're happy and you're pleased with trying other things and trying not to track and whatever then go for it enjoy it and then see how it goes and use that as a learning experience and you know hopefully you'll have many more Christmases to enjoy and each one can teach you a little bit more about the next and if you find that one way of doing things works for you well then do it again and if you find it doesn't work for you well then change things next time we don't have to get things perfect we don't have to get things right every time um and there isn't there isn't a time limit on it yeah. And if the ghost of Christmas past tells you. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. very much priorities as well, is it? Everyone has different priorities in that. Are you sacrificing the priorities in your life to reach your goals in that, you know, does a social occasion and attending that social occasion outweigh the fact that you might potentially lose one or two pounds that week? Or, you know, does that does the turning up to that outweigh that? Um, yeah, and it's, it's getting your priorities in mind and bearing in mind it's, we have this comparative nature where, you know, people like to post on social media about exercising Christmas Day, which is perfectly fine. I think it's sometimes when it's framed a certain way in that if it's if you set out to make others feel bad about themselves. But then the other comparison is that for some people, they haven't got family and actually going to the gym on Christmas Day is kind of a big social thing for them. That's making their Christmas Day itself. So yeah. just and let's remember, not everyone celebrates Christmas. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. That as well. So, yeah, uh, just to finish, I'd like to. That means you've got to sing with it. Come on, Emma. Say that. Sorry, will that, uh, will that get us banned from iTunes? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, has everyone said everything that they want to say? Yeah, um, I just want to add, it's very exciting because we have our first podcast guest coming up we do um to talk around some of the topics that we've already discussed but no we're all very excited about that um 
Yeah. Are we going to release who it is? Well, it's not in our next podcast, is it? No. <laughs> We've still well, got another oh, podcast God, before that one, Dan. Okay, That's well, okay. it's going to be extremely exciting. We've got some really exciting plans, and we can't re- reveal them at the moment yet. And also a topic that none of us are like, well, I know I'm not particularly well-versed on, so no. I'm going to learn a lot from it as well. Definitely. Oh, by the way, have you watched Emma's Live from yesterday, Mike? As we're talking about sharing news, I'm going to tell tattletales now, Emma. No, what happened? Wait, what? What did your, I share? Your, your big announcement at the end <gasps> of eight Oh, my God, I started rolling balls. Yeah, oh, no. she wasn't planting seeds. She was rolling balls all over I the place. I said no ball rolling yet. Only it's seed planting. Control. I couldn't. I couldn't rein her in. The seeds tended to balls, and they rolled. Blimey! Right, ten people had their balls rolled. I'm putting a stop to this. But everyone who's listening is going to be wondering what we're talking about. That's so okay. You can you, hold on. I think you should just say it, Dan. But you have what? to be quick because everyone's getting bored now and turning off. Okay, but you don't actually know what the news is, do you? Well, if it's about ball rolling and seed planting, then I think I know what it is. Why don't you oh, tell okay. me and then we'll find out. Okay, well, 2019 will bring to your ears and your faces, because you can actually attend it in person, um, the first fitness unfiltered conference for health and fitness professionals, joining the two communities together with lots of knowledge. That's very exciting oh, news. my God. <laughs> Isn't it? Now we have to figure out how to make it actually happen. Now we have that social, what's it called? Accountability? Yeah, social accountability. Thanks. Told you, too much power goes to my head. You shouldn't give Thanks, me this Thanks, Dan much and control. Emma. Right. I better go and start making some calls. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Tune in Bye. next time. Subscribe, share, rate, and all of that good stuff. And we'll see you next time on Fitness Unfiltered.